0: Thank you for joining us as we elevate the Black Entrepreneur Experience by interviewing CEOs, thought leaders, innovative thinkers, and Black entrepreneurs across the globe. I'm your host, Dr. Francis Richards. Our next guest is a health coach. He is an expert in helping you to address health challenges. Welcome,
1: Steve Bowman. Thank you, Francis. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure.
0: I've given our audience such a brief bio. Why don't you fill in the gaps and share with our audience what you'd like them to know about you and your business?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you for the opportunity. For me, I am a a health professional with about 16, 17 years of experience. I knew that I wanted to work in the health field ever since I was a young adult. And for me, I've I've been in a variety of health settings, whether it's fitness centers, health coaching. (coughs) Excuse me, I got a little tickle in my mouth. Um, managing and implementing wellness programs for employer groups. For me currently, I'm essentially living my dream and doing the things that I feel that I'm gifted at and that I'm meant to do. And those three things are really speaking, teaching, and coaching. And so I do that in a variety of online courses that I have created. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, all my courses I've created, as well as health challenges, one-on-one and group coaching. And everything I do really is focused around helping people understand health challenges, live a better life through a healthier lifestyle, and lead by example and show others how to do the same.
0: If someone is looking for a health coach, how should they vet their health coach?
1: So one of the first things is that you want to make sure that they have similar values and similar alignment and that people know what they are getting from me. They know that I'm a Christian. They know that my values are serving, supporting, integrity, honesty, and really, you know, living our purpose. So what I would say is (coughs) the first thing is understand who it is that you're going to work with before you get to know them. Try to understand and see if there's some alignment there. And if you have similarities in your alignment and you believe in their approach and the value system they have as a coach, then you know at least it's worth having a conversation. But I think it's always important to have that initial outreach and conversation prior to signing up or engaging. Spend 15 minutes, 20 minutes to see if they're the person that you really want to be alongside you during the journey.
0: So when someone thinks about investing in a health coach, they're probably thinking about, wow, I want to lose weight. To being a health coach or someone investing in a health coach um, is more than just the diet.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. and, And so really we have the... The one, two, three things we might say. Oh, I'd like to lose weight. I'd like to get off medication. I want to feel better. I want to live longer. Or a combination. If you ask anybody, you know, 99% of the time people will say, yeah, I'd like to improve my health. And so first and foremost, you have to dig deeper. Not just the surface level thing that people say they want to do, but really get behind the why do they want to do it. So somebody might say, oh, well, I want to reverse my chronic diseases. That's a great goal. Why do you want to do it? And having that purpose for your reasons for change is a core driver. And then if you can build a lifestyle around that why and keep focused, (coughs) excuse me, it can really get you on a good path. I had a, a sip or two of smoothie and it was a little thick just a few minutes prior to us jumping on. And I think I got a little bit of that in the back of my throat. So thanks for your patience.
0: Speaking of green smoothies, give us your favorite green smoothie recipe.
1: So we like to keep it simple in our household. So it's my wife, myself, and our four young kids. And we are a big fan of kale or spinach, filling it about 70, 75% full. Typically we add two bananas and then we add flax seeds, ground flax or ground flax seeds or whole flax seeds. We have a high speed blender so it doesn't matter either way. And then basically we pick a combination of frozen frozen berries, frozen fruit. So we'll do the mixed fruit. We'll do like today we did blackberries, we'll do blueberries. Really any any kind of frozen fruit <clears throat> and if it's ever not cold enough, we'll add a little bit of ice. But that's our go to. We typically do that. Two big blender fools for our family, at least twice a day.
0: Steve, someone is looking at um, how I had put your name in and you have some initials after your name, MS, comma, C-H-E-S. Can you share with our audience what your qualifications are?
1: Absolutely. Yeah, thank you for that question. So for me, I studied health behavior, health behavior management as an undergraduate student, and I had a minor in strict conditioning. And then I went to grad school for health promotion. So the MS stands for a Master's of Science in Health Promotion. And then the CHES stands for Certified Health Education Specialist. It's an accreditation through the National Commission for Health Education Specialists. And I've had that for about 15 years now, and it really is a validation that you you have to have a health degree, a four-year health degree, to even be able to sit for the exam, and really it's a pretty lengthy certification process to make sure you know all the different aspects of how to educate from a public health and a health promotion perspective, <clears throat> and through the years, I've had a wide variety of fitness certifications, the personal training certifications, and One of the best things that's not an initial or not an accreditation is just I'm thankful to have worked with hundreds of employers and thousands of students and thousands of community members. And that has just been a gift for me. It's better than any acronym or any certification I I could have ever received.
0: Steve, I know you have had many success stories and um, because you um, definitely is into leading and serving or serving your leadership, your leadership servant. Tell us, um, and there are so many, but I want you to just tell the audience a story that is so profound. One of your success stories with one of your clients and you don't have to give a
1: name. Okay, great. There's so many that come to mind, but I'm going to give you one that's very specific to cardiovascular disease. So, cardiovascular disease is the number one cause of death in America and throughout the world. <clears throat> and the number one cause of cardiovascular disease is nutrition. It's what we eat on a day to day basis. So, I'll tell you this individual, this was years ago, about five or so years ago. I was working with an individual and he. Thought I was crazy. And I was talking to him about a plant-based diet and, you know, lifestyle medicine, which we can dig into that a little bit as well. And I was telling him that his body wants to heal and that he has the, body to, he has the ability to heal if he creates an optimal lifestyle and an optimal environment, optimal environment. And so he thought I was a quack. And then he was like, yeah, yeah, mine's family history. It's, you know, it runs in the family. There's nothing I can do. And now keep this in mind when you think about his family history. He had lost three siblings, three siblings to cardiovascular disease by the age of 60. So three siblings dead, still a few other siblings alive as well as himself. But three siblings died of heart disease prior to the age of 60. And so he was a true believer in it's family history, it's genetics, there's nothing I can do. And so he had come to grasp that. So, again, so back to the story of me trying to convince him, just planting seeds and just giving him some information and trying to give him some hope and some encouragement that his body wants to heal and it's possible. And so, months later, he heard from a couple of his nephews that they had switched to a plant based diet and they had felt significantly better in just a few short months and he thought wow if they're feeling that good as young as young adults maybe I should give this a try so he dove in 100% plant-based diet you know he had a couple of things here there that he wasn't perfect and by no means do we have to be perfect but he had switched to a plant-based diet 3 months later his inflammation had improved significantly his blood pressure came down his cholesterol came down his pain Um, he had pain all throughout his body had gone down, everything improved his, his weight. I believe he lost 15, 20 pounds in that period of time. Everything was getting better from a cardiovascular perspective. And I said to him, do you still think it's family history? And he looked at me stone cold and said, no. And I'm pissed off because three of my siblings are dead and maybe they didn't have to be. And that story always gives me chills, and it always comes to mind when I think of stories and I think of heart disease. So much of the time we're told, there's nothing you can do. It's family history. The way I think about family history and genetics are, it's good to know, it's helpful information, but at the end of the day, think of it like this. Genetics are like a gun. A loaded gun without pulling a trigger does nothing. Your lifestyle is the trigger. So if you have a family history, if you're predisposed, but you live a healthy lifestyle, the risks are significantly, significantly lower. But if you just fall prey and fall victim to it's family history, there's nothing I can do, then your fate will certainly be that. So that's one that comes to mind. But I can tell you. It's just been so incredible through the years, especially with using plant-based nutrition and lifestyle medicine, that it has just become such a gift to to be able to help people. And it's been such a privilege for me in my life as a health professional.
0: And can you go in deeper about um, what is lifestyle medicine?
1: Yeah, so lifestyle medicine – is really around six core lifestyle areas but it's all about prevention treatment and reversal of chronic diseases so in america we do a really good job of acute medical care but we do a very unsatisfactory job dealing with the causes of chronic disease commonly what happens somebody goes to the problem somebody goes to medical care they have a problem they are diagnosing the symptoms And then figuring out what medical condition those symptoms are aligned with. And then we are treating the symptoms of a chronic disease with pills and procedures. What lifestyle medicine does, it it addresses the cause of the chronic disease. So for example, if somebody has cardiovascular disease in the form of high blood pressure, high cholesterol, arrhythmias, whatever basically the question that needs to be asked that doesn't get asked is what is causing my high blood pressure? What is causing my high cholesterol? So for example, you can say, well, what are the common causes? Well, the common causes are eating a high fat Western diet, a highly processed diet, a highly inflammatory diet, a diet that is not rich in fruits, vegetables, whole grains, legumes. So you can get into these risk factors and say okay well what are the true causes lifestyle medicine is exactly that using true healthy living as a way to prevent treat and reverse chronic diseases now the six core areas are eating well eating a plant predominant diet and we can come back to that but it's basically fruits vegetables whole grains legumes nuts seeds eating the things that are known to have optimal benefits for human health so that's the one, eat well, then it's move more, being physically active and exercising, stressing less, understanding your stressors and dealing with them in healthful ways, cultivating relationships, <clears throat> building and maintaining good, healthy, positive relations uh, relationships, avoiding risky substances, things like drugs, alcohol, tobacco, and a variety of other toxins. And then lastly, it's sleeping soundly. It's getting adequate, both quantity and good quality sleep. Those six core areas contribute to 75 to 90% of all chronic diseases. So essentially they are the cause. And when you address the cause of a problem, you now have the cure. You have a solution. So what lifestyle medicine does is it shifts away from the diagnose and treating with pills and procedures to asking what causes these problems. And then once you identify the cause, you can say, well, the cause becomes the solution. And lifestyle medicine takes advantage of those solutions.
0: Steve, someone is listening and they're like, oh, you make it sound so easy. Is it really that easy to make the behavior change?
1: So the answer is yes and no. For some people, it's very easy. For some people that I've worked with, it's like flicking a light switch. Yep, I made the shift. I felt great. I've been doing it for years. Some people, it's a little harder. And everybody's family dynamic or living situation is different as well. Somebody that is single and you know they cook their own food, they cook for themselves – That's probably a lot easier than having a large family in which you're the one preparing meals for everybody, and maybe everybody else doesn't want to eat the way that you're eating or live the way that you're living. But behavior change is possible. And I have a Bible verse behind me in all that I do, and it says, hope is an anchor for the soul. And so what we have to remember here is that those who have health have hope. And those who have hope have everything. And so behavior change is easy when we are ready and willing and motivated to do it. Is, it. is it work? Absolutely. Is it a process? Absolutely. But can anybody change behaviors? Yes. And so that's part of my message is to help people understand that they matter And then once they understand that they truly matter and that they were created for a reason to understand and tap into the benefits of good health, because if they can tap into the benefits of health, then their life and their life can be that much better because they're being the best version of themselves.
0: And tell us your why. Why did you become a health coach?
1: Yeah, I appreciate you asking that. So let me, let me answer this in two parts. The first part is the why of my life. And my life comes down to, and this is my why. And I've had this why for many years. And it's my purpose and my why is to share my love in faith, family, and health so that other people's lives may improve. So that's my purpose of my life from a health perspective. I believe that I'm gifted in certain areas and working with people and guiding and giving tough love and challenging and equipping. And I really focus on taking advantage and helping people understand their strengths. And I've always gravitated towards people. I've always been a people person. And I knew that I enjoyed health. I knew that I liked sports and I liked people and I liked healthy living. So it just became a natural fit. But oddly enough, um, I did not pick my major, so my sister. So I got a football scholarship when I was uh, senior year in high school. I got a football scholarship to play offensive, offensive guard at the University of Delaware. And for me, we got these the packet in the mail, and my sister, my my one sister who's two years older than me, said, "Steve, you have to pick a major." And I said, "I don't know. I I don't know what I want to do." And she said, "I I got an idea." Let me ask you some questions and then once we're done i get to pick your major so she asked me a bunch of questions about what i liked what i saw myself doing what i thought i was good at and she picked my major in health behavior management and i never looked back i fell in love with it i fell in love with working with employees working with community members working with older adults and since then, I'm 39 years old now. I've been exposed to it since I was 18. And it's just been such an incredible gift to work with people, but to really help them use health as a complementary aspect of their life.
0: What is your zone of genius?
1: For me, it, it's, really, it's really around behavior change. It, if you can give somebody hope, And you can inspire them and educate them, but you can show them how to do it, but you can equip them. So I guess equipping people through behavior change and hope and breaking it down simple enough to where they say, yeah, sure, I I can do that. That's absolutely something I can do. And so really it's that. And I remember hearing somebody speak many, many years ago about how he was, in, he was originally a counselor and then he shifted to become a coach. And he said that I realized that counseling was based off of dealing with people's weaknesses, but coaching was based off of equipping people with their strengths. And so for me, I'm all about behavior change. I'm all about making progress setting it out, understanding your why, and then taking action. So really, in a nutshell, it's equipping people to take personal responsibility for their health and staying committed to becoming their best self.
0: So how long does it take for most people to see a change in stress levels?
1: It it depends. It depends how, how busy somebody's life is. Somebody's life could be... Crazy. They could be incredibly, incredibly busy. They could be incredibly overwhelmed and they might make small changes. And oftentimes, if you make small changes, you get small results. If you make big changes, you get big results. So if somebody says, okay, I'm just doing too much, I'm go, 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 it's 24 7, I don't get enough sleep, I don't ever deal with my stressors in a healthy way. There's so many factors that play into it, but I can tell you this, uh, a key step with our stressors are to really put our stressors in different categories. And here's, there's four quadrants, but really I just want to focus on two. Your stressors are the cause of your stress. Now, not all, not all stress is bad. Stress is good to a point. And we've gotten so sensitive to stress that we think it's so bad stress is also a good thing. If somebody's exercising and they're, they're walking up and down a hill or they're stressing their body or they're lifting weights, what's happening is they're challenging their body to a point where it, it gets better as a result of that challenge. So what I'm getting at here is that our stressors fall into two areas. They're important and controllable is one quadrant, or they're important and uncontrollable So really, there's two other areas that are important and uncontrollable um, and unimportant, uncontrollable. But really, important and controllable, so you might say work. It's important, but I can control it. Uh, You might say important and uncontrollable. This could be the loss of a loved one. This could be a, a changing circumstance that you didn't choose. It could be something that's outside of your hands. So if it's important and controllable, what we need to do is create an action plan for what we can do. If it's important but uncontrollable, we have to accept and positively cope and figure out how we can deal with our stressors in a healthy and positive way. But what I can tell you to answer your question, Francis, in a a short, concise way It varies, but I can tell you, if you become aware of your stressors and you put them into these quadrants and figure out what is within your personal responsibility, you can start to say, what are the healthy ways that I can deal with these stressors? And you have to know that it's a dynamic and it's very interrelated with all areas of our life. But if you want to and you start to work to improve, you can absolutely improve your stress levels and your stress response.
0: Talk about mental health and managing your business.
1: So, mental health <clears throat> is becoming more and more aware over the last few years. And I think that some of it is um, we overfocus on it because there's a lot more businesses in this space and we're trying to really get people aware. But then part of it is there's a bigger need for a certain mental health resources and, and mindsets and things like that. But specifically, I think that how we think, so mental health to me is really, it's a cluster of four things. It's the sum of how we think, how we feel, how we relate and how we exist. So really it's our thinking, feeling, our being, and our relation to other people. So if we understand that if we're in a really good positive place in those four areas combined, then our mental health is probably in a pretty good place. But if we're struggling in one area, it certainly can have a dynamic effect on other areas as well. But from from a business owner's perspective, having a healthy mindset and a positive mindset is incredibly important. It is so important to where we oftentimes don't realize how important it is, not only understanding that there's going to be challenges, there's going to be setbacks. We have to understand here that there's so many factors that really tie in to our, our, our life. And let me read you a quote from a book I'm reading right now. It, it's called Failing Forward by John Maxwell. And here's the quote that he has. The difference between average people and achieving people is their perception of and response to failure. So oftentimes we think that failure is the opposite of success. We have to understand that as business owners, you're going to have setbacks. You're going to have challenges. You're going to have obstacles. Think of some of the most inspirational people in the world that we've ever followed or enjoyed or appreciated. They're people that went through significant struggles and they had good mindsets and they overcame those challenges. So the key thing that I'll say again is it's the difference is their perception of in response to failure. So as a business owner, when you have an obstacle, you don't just throw your hands up and say, all right, I tried, I failed, it's over. No, you persist. You work hard. You overcome those, those setbacks. You, you work through the challenges. So, yeah, I mean, I could go on and on about mental health and and how it relates to business and to people's lives specifically. But um, that's where I'll leave it for now.
0: Thinking of um, failing forward, talk about your worst moment in business and what was your takeaway?
1: Hmm. I think my worst moment in business was, and now this is just speaking specifically to the business that I started at the end of 2020, was, was two things. One was the feeling that I was not enough, that I knew I had experience, and I knew I had a lot of opportunity to help people, and I believed in how I could help people. I had tested it. I had tried it. But part of me was as I was creating an online school and I was doing speaking engagements and I was really trying to focus on speaking, teaching, and coaching. I kept thinking that I had to hire instructors. Like I was trying to scale it before build it. You know, so it's like building an addition on a house before finishing the house. It doesn't make sense. I kept thinking, well, I can hire a wide variety of instructors to make it look better to where it's not just me. And I struggled with that for many months. And I I even halted creating some of the courses I was creating because I thought, wait, am I going to do it or am I going to hire an instructor? That way I can say, oh, look at this instructor that teaches this class. Here's their background. Oh, look at this instructor. And then I got to a point and realized I'm building a business that's about me and it's using my strategies and the things I've learned throughout the last 20 years. Why am I trying to take myself out of it? It didn't make sense that I was trying to remove myself from the thing I was creating. So for me, that was very powerful to be on the other side of that and think back to say, I am enough and I've been able to help thousands of people. I don't need to hire an instructor just so I can say, oh, look, I have this person here, or that person here. So what I would tell any business owner, anybody building a business, build something around your gifts. Build something around the things you enjoy and the things you like to do and then complement yourself with other people that have shared alignment, shared values, but complement your strengths and maybe some areas that maybe you're not as good at, bring somebody in that's talented in those areas.
0: Advice you wish you had followed. Uh,
1: This is kind of building off of the last one. The advice that I think I would follow is... So, like I mentioned, I wanted to start off by creating online courses that were self directed. And I still have a bunch of different options for people to participate in. I, before really getting good at one course, I had this plan that I was going to create eight different courses. Because, again, my mindset at the time was that I was not enough. And since I had that mentality, I thought I had to have more and more courses. Again, I was trying to scale it before making it work and testing it. So the advice I wish I followed was I should have picked one niche, one course, one offer and stayed there and tested it, improved it, tested it, improved it and stayed there. But I got ahead of myself and I tried to do so much and so many different courses, so many different topics. In reality, I should have said, this is the one thing I do really well. If you want to work with me, here's how. Let's do it. And then just build from there.
0: Steve, someone is listening and your message is resonating with them. And they're saying, I want to connect with Steve. How can they connect with you?
1: So my, my contact is um, a variety of ways. So you can reach me by email at liveandleadtoday at gmail.com. So it's L-I-V-E-A-N-D-L-E-A-D-T-O-D-A-Y at gmail.com or my cell phone at 302-584-7531. And also our website is livelead.org. And so for now, like I said earlier, I I believe that I'm enough and I'm thankful for every opportunity. And when I say every opportunity, I am thankful for every opportunity I have to support somebody, even if it's just a one-time interaction where I encourage them or I give them the motivation or guidance to head in a positive direction. Or it might be somebody that I work one-on-one in a coaching capacity for a year. Wherever anybody comes into my life, I'm thankful to serve, and I want to be a complimentary and a beneficial part of their life.
0: Steve, I want you to have a monologue. I want you to name this person, Living or Not. And this person has inspired you so much. What are you saying to this person? And who is this person?
1: Mm, That's a good question. Wow, there's so many different areas or ways I could take that question. <laughs> um, uh, let's go with let's go with my father. So my dad is living, and my dad is kind of that quiet, simple man that. For for me, he's been an incredible guiding light for me as to how to be a man and how to be a father and how to be a husband. And he's kind of one of those unsung heroes. He doesn't like a lot of attention. But for me, he's been a good example of helping me become the man that I am. He's, I mean, him along with my mom has has really instilled good quality values. They've empowered me. They've equipped me to become who I am. And to really live a life of purpose. And so for my dad, I would basically just say, you know, thank you for for being an example. And for being a leader for me and teaching me how to lead, how to serve, and how to do the right thing. Even when other people are not watching. And that's the thing is that so much of the time, if somebody could get away with a crime and never get caught, um, many, many people would say, well, I'd do it if I knew I wouldn't get caught. And my dad instilled the, the quality and the value in me that you do the right thing no matter what. And so I would just say, you know, thank you for teaching me how to love people and teaching me how to to be a leader and really focus on having good morals and values and living them. And understanding that a simple life is a good life. It doesn't have to be that complicated. You know, if you know your values and you live your values, then you can have such an incredible life and a life of significance, which I think is really important. And, and really what it comes down to is living your values, but living intentionally. A book that I love by John Maxwell is Intentional Living. And it's one of the book, best books I've ever read. And it's all about, you know, doing everything intentionally and specifically and knowing why you're doing certain things.
0: What have you not done in life that you dream about often that you would like to do?
1: Hmm. Another good question that I could uh, take in so many different ways. Um, I want to take my family around the country and I want to take them to all the national parks and I want to take them to a variety of different communities and churches and different places, and I want them to experience different cultures, different environments, just the beauty of, you know, all the God-given things that have been created, and and to really just reset and just kind of just say, all right, like, what really matters? Because so much of the time, like Denzel Washington, a quote he says that I love is, you've never seen a U-Haul behind a hearse you can't take most of the stuff that we think is so important you're not taking it with you you know so for me i would love to have a trip where we can really just deepen our faith spend good quality time with family but also experience other people around the country or around the world and and just really get out there and figure out how we can better serve how we can better make other people's lives. You know, how how can we really just be out there and say, look, here's who we are? I mean, it's just always amazing to me and I've traveled for different positions I've had, but it's always amazing for me with that when you go into these pockets of areas and towns, like for example, we live close to the beaches. There's people that I've met that have never seen an ocean. And it's just such an incredible perspective when you can really go out there and meet people from all across the the different places. So that's something I'd like to do. I I guess that sounds more like a bucket list item. But for me, I would love to really just do that and have a profession that I can work from anywhere and I can take my family along with me and really just live there and live our values, but really just, just help people any way possible.
0: There are so many brands and businesses that are dominating. Talk about a brand or a business that's dominating that you admire and why.
1: A brand that is dominating. I would say, and this is a brand that a lot of people, unless they're in the leadership space, wouldn't know about it. But, so I'm a leader with the John Maxwell team, which they've recently rebranded. They're now called Maxwell Leadership. So based off of John Maxwell, who, is, who has written close to 100 books and sold more nonfiction books than any author in Ameri- American history, excuse me. And so um, for me, I would say John Maxwell, and I would say he has been such a, an example of how to be a good leader. And like I said earlier, how to really focus on equipping, how can you take somebody's strengths and empower them? So what I would like to do in my life is use his example to say, how can I use his example of equipping people and living a life of purpose, living your values and really just adding value, inspiring people throughout.
0: What is the one thing that you do that impacts people 's lives
1: um, i would say I would say there's so many things, but I would say the first thing is is giving people hope and once people have hope and they have the possibility, I think from there is I give them. I give them the guidance to build off of that hope. And so I would say the first thing is hope, but then second to that is what's your plan? Now that you're hopeful, now that you're encouraged, how can we build off of that momentum? And then once we build off of that, I mean, the the possibilities are limitless.
0: Let's take a look over the last 30 days. What was your biggest win over the last 30 days?
1: Over the last 30 days, I have had the opportunity to wrap up a health challenge. So I did a health challenge with, I think we ended up having 22 individuals. And this health challenge was called Eat More to Weigh Less. It was a 28-day challenge. And for me, it was just such a gift to be able to help people understand the simple steps that they can take to reach and maintain a healthy weight. So that in a combination with supporting a lot of the people that I help in group coaching and one-on-one coaching um, and just, yeah, being able to serve people through those offerings has been a really, really great opportunity for me and a a very validating and, and humbling experience.
0: And how do you celebrate your wins?
1: I try, I try to do a lot of reflection. I, I, I focus on being thankful for everything that comes my way, and being able to say to myself, "I did it." You know, I was able to. I was able to help these people. I was able to put this together and see it through. Because I, I'm a big believer in if you start something, you finish it. You, you see it through. And now I, that doesn't always happen in my life, but I try to do it the majority of the time. But for me to answer your question, I try to reflect and think about it, but uh, now that you're saying that I think I can do a better job of really being appreciative of the experience that I've had, instead of just saying, okay, like another course done, another challenge done, another, ch- another coach, um, another person that I coach supported, I really should think about that and think, how can I give more attention to the to the good work that that's getting completed.
0: Who are your top two influencers in your life, and what lessons do they teach you?
1: Well, the first and foremost would be Jesus, and for me, the example is servanthood and selflessness, and really just you know living your life. For good and for a purpose. Um, aside from that, I would say, I mean, there's so many different influences. I guess I would say my, I guess I would say my wife. She has been an incredible balance for me. We've been married 12 years this this year and it has been such such a great growth for me in my life that you know although we're very similar in a lot of ways we're different in other ways and she has really inspired me to to see things from a different perspective. And to really challenge me to become better myself, so that way I can better support other people. And, you know, I'm a work in progress like we all are, but I can say that, you know, I'm thankful for all that she's done as as my wife and as the mother of our kids and just, you know, a good Christian person all in all.
0: Steve, what is the best decision you have made as a leader?
1: The best decision I have made is to to use my values in all that I do. And so for me, I think that everybody can and should be a leader, no matter who they are, no matter where they are in their life. People always think that leaders are the people that hold, you know, CEO positions or director positions or manager positions, and that's just not the case. Anybody can lead anywhere. So I think living a life according to your values is very important and using them in all that you do. So for example, everybody that I work with, not that I'm overly like promoting my own values, but they know what they get. They know what to expect because they know my values, they know my beliefs, they know the type of person I am. So I would say wherever you are, whatever you're doing, it's important to consider that you want to live your life according to your values, whether it's in a corporate job or whether it's your own business, whether it's you just being a a mom, a dad, a husband, a wife, whatever it is, I think staying true to that is really important.
0: Someone is listening, and I want you to talk to someone who's struggling with a um, chronic disease or a health challenge. What advice would you give them?
1: So, the first thing is a good, healthy understanding that it's not like there's one way of living to prevent or reverse diabetes, or one way of living to prevent cancer or heart disease. Or autoimmune conditions. It's the same. The solution is the same. And so, what I would say is whether it's cancer, or cardiovascular disease, or diabetes, or autoimmune or other chronic diseases, it really comes down to the areas we talked about earlier. And it really is simple. It's not always easy, but the approach is simple. It's really about getting enough good quality and quantity sleep, moving more, eating well, stressing less avoiding risky substances and strengthening and creating healthy relationships. It really comes down to that. But what I will tell you is as a person that may be struggling with a chronic disease, you don't have to be that diabetic or be that person that has heart disease. You can say I have a challenge. I'm going to understand all the different causes of this challenge. And if I truly want to reverse this and or prevent it, or treat it with lifestyle am i willing to go to work am i willing to step up my game to really make a difference in these areas and if the answer is yes then there's hope but if the answer is no then you're not ready and if you're not ready then you have to figure out what you need to do to get ready to get to prepare and to get your mindset ready and to start to make those changes but i can tell you it's not as hard as you might think it's even harder. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but no, it is it is something that you absolutely can do. And for some people, it's very quick. You know, I've worked with people that had high cholesterol for 50 years and their cholesterol is fixed within three months. I've had individuals that it takes a little bit longer. But I can tell you that your body wants to heal. The best kept secret in medicine is that your body wants to heal. A, a smoker a lifelong smoker, within 15 years of quitting smoking, your your risk of cardiovascular, or, I'm sorry, your risk of lung cancer, is like that of a non-smoker. So somebody can smoke for 30 years, and within 15 years, your lungs will have completely repaired from all the damage over those 30 years. That's the best kept secret in medicine: is that your body wants to heal. You just have an opportunity to create a lifestyle that allows that process to take place.
0: What is something that we should know as consumers about your industry that we don't know?
1: The first thing is that we are surrounded by systems that are designed as for profit. So for example, everybody, Everybody capitalizes off of sick people. Healthy people are poor for profit. Dead people are poor for profit. Sick people are great for profit. So from the companies that do the basic medical care to the diagnosing, to the treatment, to the surgeons, to the chemotherapy, radiation, whatever, you name it. We have all these systems that are created around diagnosing chronic diseases and treating the symptoms of those diseases. So what we have to do is we have to take a step back and really get a good, healthy understanding of that we're basically just part of this system that is okay with status quo. Two thirds of Americans are overweight. Um, the, the lifelong statistic for, for cancer is that you know in the next 50 years one in two people will have cancer one one person dies every 48 seconds of heart disease in america so these these things are sad and these things have to be changed but unless we start saying what are the causes of these problems and am i willing to go to work we're just going to fall into this system and say, okay, well, I hope I can live long enough to do this or to see this or to be part of that. But what we have to say to ourselves is we need to step outside of it and we need to get out of this vicious system where we're just sick people that are just dying slowly. The average American gets diagnosed with chronic disease in the middle age and they, they die slowly over the next 30 years, 40 years. And that does not have to happen. You know, and and that's what I would say is that we need to get outside of that and we need to follow the advice and recommendations and we need to use the good evidence-based information and application for how do people live long and well? Look at the people that are thriving. How do they live? You know, it's like you don't want to go to a financial advisor that's been bankrupt five times and doesn't have a penny to their name. You want to go to somebody that's been successful and so what we have to do is learn from the healthy people around the world and start to model some of the things that they've done well.
0: Let's talk about legacy, Steve. When it's all said and done, how do you want to be remembered?
1: I want to be remembered as somebody who loved and served and made a difference in, in other people's lives. I often you know, think, and it's a little morbid to think, I always think, A, who would be at my funeral? And B, what would they say about me? And for me, I want people to know that I have lived to make a difference for other people. I want people to know me as a good good person, a strong Christian, a loving husband, a supportive and guiding father, and somebody who is selfless, somebody who is more focused on making other people's lives better. And so for me, it's what I really want. At the end of my life, I want what my granddad said. I had a good life. I did incredible things. I had the opportunity to serve and help people. And I'm thankful. And that's what I want. I I want to be able to say that. Hopefully, it's a long time from now. But whenever my time comes, I'm very, very thankful and humbled for the life I've lived. And I am going to do everything I can to keep keep adding value to people and valuing people around me.
0: Steve, if you conducted this interview, what is the one question you would have asked yourself? I want you to ask the question and answer it. I guess I
1: would say, why Why should somebody trust or work with you? And I would answer that by saying, because with me you what you see is what you get with me you know that I I really want to do three things I want to value people I want to add value to them and I want to unconditionally love them whether it's somebody that I've met and been working with for a month or somebody I've worked with for five years I want them to know that I'm there for them and that I I, as much as sometimes we think it's about us, I I don't want me to be the focus. I, I want it to be on them and I want them to know that they are worth it and that their life is better as a result of working with me. And so, yeah, I would say, I would say, you know, people that I get to work with, I'm thankful and humbled and honored, but not everybody I mean, I'm not, maybe not the right fit for everybody. And I understand that. And that's why there's so much variety of people out there that can help you. But I can tell you is for me, I, uh, I'm a servant and I, I look for opportunities to add value wherever possible.
0: Steve, we've come to the part of our interview. It's called rapid round of fun. I'm going to ask you a series of questions and I like you to give me very quick answers if there's something you desire not to answer, feel free to say pass. Are you ready for the rapid round of fun? Yes,
1: yeah, sounds like fun. Ready.
0: Your first job.
1: My first job, I worked for my mom's daycare, and I worked with the babies and the young children and did everything from playing kickball in the yard to changing diapers.
0: Your favorite color. Blue. Your favorite holiday. Christmas. Your ideal car. Big truck. The last movie you saw. Woodlawn. You relax doing what? Walking. Your favorite singer or rapper.
1: Mm, That's tough. Oh, man, that's really tough. You too.
0: Your favorite dance song?
1: Everybody dance now, dun, dun, dun,
0: What food you eat every week, no matter what?
1: Potatoes.
0: Your favorite month? April. Workout or hit the couch? Workout. Steve Bowman, thank you so much for joining us on Black Entrepreneur Experience Podcast Live. Before we let you go, why don't you share with our audience the best way for them to connect with you and to do business with you and feel free to leave all your social media handles.
1: Absolutely. So first of all, thank you, Francis, for this opportunity. It has been a blast and very humbled and honored to to be here with you tonight and to everybody listening as well. Um, best way to contact me would simply be my email or phone. My cell phone is 302-584-7531. Um, in Eastern time, I'm based out of Pennsylvania. And then my email is liveandleadtoday at gmail.com. And when in doubt, you can go to my website at livelead.org. If you're interested in learning anything or any information or any support I can provide, uh, please feel free to reach out, text me, email me, call me, whatever works best. Um, as far as handles, I try not to do too, too much social stuff, but I'm on LinkedIn. I'm also on um, Facebook And, you know, we have a a Facebook tribe. We have a circle app where we are building a community of individuals that um, are really just a shared vision and mission for how we can live our life. So reach out and I'm happy to support you and serve you.
0: Thank you, Steve. That's a wrap.
1: Thank you, Francis.
0: Take care.